This is the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. Podcast series. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.
want to hear that track. I heard you singing, stuck in traffic. I heard you. It brought back some memories, I'm sure. Yeah, I know it did. I know. Crossfire. And it's called Pump Me Up. I haven't heard that in such a long time. You know, you must hear that somewhere. DJ must play that. And being the DJ that I am, I have I've always played that. Best man in radio, I play that. All right, gentlemen, it is 15 minutes after 8 o'clock. And of course, yes, um, it is Tuesday, the 13th of September, just in case you didn't know. Yeah. And um, of course, we can continue to take your calls. Because yeah. we are discussing the education system this morning and of course the cost of school books. In addition, we were also talking about the opening of parliament and how effective parliament is in addressing the concerns of citizens. Yeah. I'm trying Which to... was really the subject of the president's speech. That they don't work together, in her opinion, um, for the betterment of the country. And a lot of the times, citizens left out of the process and... Not only that, that the process is not responsive to their needs. That's some of the issues that we would have discussed. Of course, that was the, yesterday was the opening of Parliament, just in case you didn't know. And the next sitting will be on the 26th, um, which will be... Um, it wouldn't be Monday. It wouldn't be this. It would be... Anyway, the 26th is two Mondays from now. Well, not next week, Monday, but the following. 13 um, days if you check in. Which is when the budget for twenty for fiscal 2022-2023 will be read by the Minister of Finance. That's the first business of the Parliament of Trinidad and Tobago um, in this new session. Hope you can continue to take your calls at 222-TALK, 222-8255. And of course, uh, people in North America, 866-525-1099. Yeah. All right. We got a couple of calls coming through. Good morning. Yeah, again. Again, what's up then? Oscar the Grouch, good morning. Are you not talking about me? Well, I got a grouch. Well, we don't know what you look like. So Paul said you probably look like Oscar the Grouch. All right. I will set up a picture at the other end, right? Oh gosh, why, um, why, why do that? Right. Right, I um, never said you're a grouch. I said you, I, when I hear you, I think of probably looking a bit like Oscar the Grouch. Probably because of the tone of your voice more than anything oh. else. Well, I think we're going to call you a grouch, Mr. Patrick. I never call you a grouch. Oh, they're trying to twist the trouble. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 they took a twist and turn. That's what they said. Oh, no, no, no. They told me a grouch. I did not call you a grouch. All right, Paul, all right. It didn't go I appreciate your calls very much as part of the show. That, you know, didn't say that. Yeah, yeah, I hear that one too. All right, all right, Paul, all right. So you say. Yeah, plenty of people love asking the Grouch, you know, they're the favorite character. That's the point. It's not a negative yeah, I'll be um, comment. I'm supposed to be our famous rich fella. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, no longer you ain't not just a rich shit, but you know, long. Mm. If um, I call you a big bird now. Well, speaking, well, well, you'll be, be more friendly at Oscar the Grouch was the most yeah. appropriate to me. Oscar, no problem. Oscar, mm. you just one? <laughs> yeah, um, I was listening the the whole discussion 
with the altercation with the lady and the security guard in the school. And she pulled out that knife. Yeah, and she stabbed the guy. She went to school with that knife then. You need to love that in jail. She went to school with that scissors. Right? But I was listening to that discussion right in jail that year. Where a certain lady went to a certain school and because she had a short pants and a, and a, and a vest, the security said she, she can't go to school. And she was very furious. So, I want to let people know it's about just code to go to school. <laughs> like, I want you to my school up pom-pom shorts. Ready? Look. <laughs> it's not about just code for school, right? Of course. Somebody, but somebody telling me, but how did I not just code to go to government office? But they about just code to go to school. And it like two different places completely. There are just codes to go into some government offices. There is. So, so, <laughs> Which I find so, quite annoying, actually. Right, I find right, it so, anyway. So, so the same way, the person said, but die them child and they go in the school, drop the child in school. I say, well, they say you can't go in the school. Stay outside the school. So she vexed and this and that and that. So, so we have to educate people and just go to go to school. You can't go to school any and anyhow, just any and any. How? People don't know these things. Why don't people know these things? Or they naturally just ignorant? Uh, but look what this lady do. She take a knife, a scissors, and stab this security. Things is different, boy. Time change and people change, boy. Different world. All right. All right. Uh, we will chat with the um, president of the Principals Association, if that's the name of it. Miss Colleen Haynes coming up in 10 minutes time. All right. So until then, we'll take your calls at 222-8255-612-8255. Well, 612, I don't think it's working. I have to check that out again. But North Americans, you got a number to call. It's toll free, 866-525-1099. That's our numbers directly into our studio. All right, we'll take your calls till then. Uh, in 10 minutes' time, we'll call it there, Rich and Paul. New president, Colleen Haynes. She said she was negotiating through a landslip, so I didn't want to get into that where it was as yet. We had a bad connection, terrible connection. All right, 30 degrees in Port of Spain, 30 degrees, I should say, already in... Crown Point in Tobago. Looks like it's going to be a hot day. This after lunch, we're going to get some rain. Expect the rain. We had a full moon on Saturday. Of course, Saturday was also the peak of the hurricane season. So we are on the backside of the of the peak. Nothing has been pretty much a quiet hurricane season thus far. Right, but pouring in San Fernando a while ago. We're still taking your calls. Two to two talk, two to two eight two five five and eight six six five two five ten ninety nine.
Yeah. All right. So my sense of the Prime Minister and the leader of the opposition last night is that neither were very enamored of the 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 remarks made by the president. Um, they were both kind of, you know, I don't want to say dismissive. But that's what it was. But, um, well, I can't say that's what it was. As I said, I don't want to say it was dismissive. But it was, you know, um, the Prime Minister basically saying, well, parliamentarians are custom being buffed by presidents in the president's remarks. And, and you know, that the Trinidad Tobago Parliament is not that bad as in other parts of the world, etc., etc. And um, so he went down that road. Of course, Kamala Prasad Bissessa went down another road, um, saying that she should look at herself in terms of um, following the constitutionality of her position, etc. But they both had kind of, you know, I don't, not necessarily snide remarks, but close to snide. Well, Kamala was more close to snide than, than the Prime Minister. She was more snide in terms of, you know, look at yourself, look in the mirror, even though she didn't exactly say it that way, but that's what she, she meant. And the Prime, Prime Minister was, I wouldn't say he met the, the level of being snide, but, um, yeah, was responsive. He didn't shy away. And he, he kind of took it in stride. And there was this, he was interviewed by some girl. I don't, he was talking to, to reporters. And there was some girl who was holding, I think it was, I can't remember if it was the TV6 or the TV mic. And he's talking, but like he's talking directly to her. And she's only nodding, 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 nodding. Nodding, 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 nodding as he speaks. You know, somebody is speaking and you you're nodding, yes, nodding, yes, nodding, yes, nodding, yes. It was so annoying. And I'm saying, why is she only nodding like that? I said, I hope they bring that up in um, that um, spoof show that they have with... Um, Usually they do that so they have a clean sound bite, so their voice is not on it. That has nothing to do with nodding, Steve Cameron. What's your you telling me? No, if, if, you, if I'm interviewing you... and Yes, you're... I can just simply listen. I don't have to keep nodding, well, nodding, nodding. That's right. Like a, like a doll on the front of a, 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 a truck, a car, yeah. that bunks up and down. But when you it nod, you also acknowledge what the individual is saying. No, so it was ridiculous. Did you see it? No. I did. She was annoying. Um, I didn't find so, but um, you know, the cameraman should have just focused on the, on the prime minister. But she was in the frame. Yeah, she didn't. She should have only bobbing up and down. I said, right. "Oh my God, so I feel like if the cameraman should have focused on the prime minister driving through potholed road." Yeah, and so do you know the little thing that is happening in front that it be bobbing up and down. That is how she was. Yeah, she should not be in the frame. Don't need to have that. We do have some calls. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Oh, you wake up, Mister Greedy Man, Richard, one of the yes. greedy men. Hello. Mm -hmm. You don't have to sound so annoyed. Maybe the woman's neck must be weak. Oh, you know the neck is weak. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, we know what kind of mood you get up in this morning. <laughs> yeah, I see. Dr. Rowley, at least he's, he kind of skirt around it. But the opposition leader, she was too direct and too blunt, man. Fine, mm -hmm. oh, God, they could be so disrespectful when they're ready. She right, she was very right to put out that that um 
one in there for what we know does take place in the parliament. I find that was the right opportunity to to let them know time to buck up and do the, the people's work. Twenty things, you hear what she said, more needs to be done because the time they're going there and wearing a big salary and calling one another names and doing things. They should be trying to agree more with the government to get certain things passed. That's why this country going down and the road is going down. That's slippery slope. You understand? Because they won't agree to pass certain important bills. Yeah. All right. And you have some senators sometimes just agree with them, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm going. Yep, yep, yep. Ah. Call names. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, good morning. <laughs> I hear them. I go on silent. T T time. T T time. I'm going. Bye bye. Bye. Um, CCJK said she was like a bopping head. Okay. Good morning. Morning, gentlemen. Richard Dragobasing. My sentiments exactly with that reporter. Steve, it's called a bobblehead. A bobblehead, that's it. Yes, and I was wondering why she's doing that, you know. So, tell me something. You all are in the media. Don't they um, sort of teach these um, journalists how to conduct an a, a interview, even with your posture? Well, one would hope, especially when you're on camera, because we're seeing you. Exactly. So, you know. I, I, I agree with you, Richard. It was very annoying. Yeah. I hope she, I hope she takes these criticisms as um, constructive and corrected. Yeah, just be aware. You need to be aware. Look back at your interviews and say, okay, why yeah. am I popping my head up and down like that? Yeah. Because, because it became distracting. I stopped listening to him and I'm like, why is she popping her head up and down? Up and down, up and down. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I remember one time so, I sometimes saw... Sometimes they're nervous to wear summoners because it's the Prime Minister and the figures in front of it did nervous and they knew and they have a, a nervous body reaction. That's where training comes in. That is where training comes in. Because I, I have seen an interview. I, I remember a television crew from a local station was interviewing someone. And that someone had a microphone, but he, the microphone, he was waving the microphone all over the place and handed down by his, by his stomach and so on. And afterwards, I watched him and I said, why did I you... I mean, we, we, we're talking about it again, but I mean, in an interview, yeah. sometimes we did right here, you're, to, you're interviewing somebody, you're going, mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm uh-huh, which you're not supposed to do. No, you're not supposed to do that. But, but, I mean, say, but the same interview. So I said, why didn't you just stop the interview and ask the person to hold the microphone in front of their mouth? Well, we didn't want to interrupt Well, them. no, you don't do that, Steve. That's not what you do. You you are trained to hold the microphone properly because you are no. the one who know when you want to interject with a question. And if you give the person the microphone, you can't interject with a question or comment. No, no, the person had the microphone. So they were making a comment. So I, I just waited till after they finished. And I said, why didn't you just tell him to, to hold the microphone in front of his mouth and speak? Um, well, we didn't you, want... you tell them that you tell them hold the microphone a palm's length below your yeah, mouth. Yeah, six inches. Well, that's what I did, and and I said, well, you know, if I tell him to do it over, would you mind? And he said, no, I, I find you should get a better piece. And I told the chap, just keep it six inches from your mouth, um, not in front of you, but by below your chin, kind of area. And they did it over, and it's perfect. And the individual had no problems doing it over. So. That was a while back, too, eh? 
Well, it's eight thirty though. Your interview. Yeah, no, I get in. I call in now. So we're meeting to get on to the association, the principal association's president. I think so. I much believe that's the interview that's being lined up to speak about this school textbook issue, among other things, I'm presuming. But I think the, the reporter probably was just very nervous. And yes, it can be very distracting if you're just bobbing your head all the time. It was. And and they will, have no, they will have no concept of what is in the frame because they're not behind the camera. No. Obviously, she didn't realize. I will say that. Obviously, she didn't realize. But, but, but it became so distracting. I was no longer listening to the prime minister. I was like, what is wrong with her? Why is she and grab her and just freeze her head. And good morning, Madam Okoye. Just now, right here. Yes, I'm right here. And yes, we sometimes agree with both sides. That's what called independence is about. You just stick to one side. Uh, let's bring in Dorothy and let's say Recording good morning progress. Um, to Miss Colleen Haynes. Is it the Principals Association? Is that the correct term? Oh, good morning. Yes, my name is Colleen Hayes. Hayes, I'm, okay. Yeah, H-A-Y, yes. I'm the president of the National Primary School Principals Association. There you go. Of course, I do have uh, Paul Richards with me together with Richard Ragubasi. Okay, good morning, good morning. to both of you. morning, gentlemen. The first thing, thank you for joining us. The first thing we wanted to talk about was the issue of school books, because I know that as principal, and please correct me if I'm wrong, the principals have the remit in the primary and secondary schools to choose the school books, the textbooks from a list supplied by the ministry. Is that correct? Um, basically, yes and no. Let me explain. Yes, we have um, the prerogative to choose the books. However, in the primary schools, a little bit different because there was a recommended list of textbooks many, many years ago. We have not had a textbook review committee for quite a while, and therefore, with the advent of the twen in 2013 of the new um, thematic approach for the curriculum, that created this issue. So, since that has happened, we have had no recommended textbooks. For our so, so, how do how do principals go about choosing textbooks at, at various okay. primary schools? Basically, what happens is publishers normally, when they have a new textbook, they bring a sample copy to schools. They deliver, they, they do a, a nationwide delivery of these new textbooks. And what principals usually do, we um, involve our teachers. So a particular level, let's say, for example, infant level, we will take the, the sample copies of the textbook delivered by the publishers to the schools, and we will give it to the teachers. And they will go through it and review it in terms of looking at it if it is matching up with the primary school curriculum, the new primary school curriculum. As you know, that um, involves the thematic approach, nine subject areas. So that's what created the issue of us not having any recommended textbooks to choose from. So what we do when we get the copies of the books, we usually sit with our staff, give our teachers, they review it, and then we choose books to put on our book list. Now, we try our best not to put more than one textbook per subject. Now, it's not really per subject because it's thematic approach. Normally, these books, so we would look at the, the subject areas of just mathematics, ELA, 
and then we will look at science and social studies. But it's a thematic approach now. So therefore, normally you are able to cover all the nine subject areas. So each principal, a principal of a school, preparing for the same SEA examination at the end of primary school, chooses mm -hmm. different textbooks, not even from a, a, a pool. So they can choose any textbook submitted to them by a publisher. Is there an approved list of publishers? Um, not to my knowledge. We so any publisher can walk up in a school and offer a textbook? They can offer, but we could refuse. Right, but and we, any we, principal we can choose from any publisher they want? Yes, they can. Because at this but if you have time, 24 primary schools, conceivably you can have 24 textbooks for the same subject matter. Yes, you can. Is that the most productive in your opinion? Well, it's not the productive thing, but it's something that we have been dealing with now many years ago, like about before COVID-19. I can't um, remember the exact year, maybe about 2019, because I've been a principal since 2013. So about 2019, there was a memo that came out stating that they would soon, they would soon um, do the textbook review, that publishers were invited to submit books to the textbook review committee. They, we, they were supposed to set up a textbook review committee, and then this would not have happened. But that didn't happen, and COVID took place, the pandemic, and we never heard anything. So what principals basically did, they basically looked at the books. Um, many years ago, um, Frank Porter, that publisher, Caribbean Press Publishers, they would have had the market, basically, because their books would have been approved. The ministry would have been giving those books to primary schools. But since then, they have revised their line of books um, to be in the thematic approach, and they now call it Caribbean Rhythm. Um, how many schools use that? Um, I can't say for sure, as well as we also have the Jolly Phonics program being initiated into the primary school to help students read in the infant level. So that as well has created a bit of change. So, so some schools, you will see that they will not ask basically for a reading book, but they will have the Jolly Phonics readers and workbooks for the children in the infant department. But what the, the, the trust is right now, because we are trying to improve literacy, um, many years ago there was a leading for literacy program being done um, in primary schools. It's funded by Republic Bank, and many primary schools took part in it. So I'm just telling you that some of the things that are happening, we have, based on what the guidelines we have been um, following, we basically look at the books, we make sure, we look at the curriculum, like I said before, the new curriculum, and try to work it around and see if we can get books that will match up and will cover the, the topics in the different subject areas. In the absence of the textbook review committee, mm -hmm. do you think there's a role for the principals association of which you are a president to garner feedback from principals about the effectiveness to come to some sort of consensus on a list of books that have been reviewed by your colleagues that are working or not working as opposed to this to me, system of everybody on their own, doing their own thing. Okay. Well, it never came up in our topics, because remember, we were dealing with many other topics. But now, because I saw the memo last night, because I did receive the memo. Usually, as a stakeholder, I received the memo. I did receive the memo where the minister is saying that we are not going to change the textbooks. But, but there is one thing that in that memo that um, we have no control over. I saw it as well, they said, make sure we don't have any revised. If the, if the publishers revise, that's something that they'll have to take up with the, with the publishers. We could not change the textbook from on the list, but we have to ensure that the publishers as well don't revise the edition. Because I saw that in the memo, but 
we will we will abide by the memo if it is that we are not to change. So whatever textbooks that we are using this year, based on what I got from the memo, whatever we have on our book list this year, we're going to keep that next year. Outside of the memo that was issued, which yeah, instructs that textbooks not be changed in primary and secondary schools. Has it been, a, had it been a normal practice to change textbooks to almost every year? No, no, no. It has not been a normal practice. That wasn't a normal practice. So that's so it's not normal. a normal practice. No, it's not normal. But I, I, I want to believe because of, like I said, COVID-19, people looking at the needs of their students, they may have adjusted some books in this last two years because we still had booklets. Um, being issued and when we were doing online work, you know, we still had children getting textbooks and being at home and using the textbooks online. But now, like I said before, we have seen a drastic drop in our literacy in our students. And therefore, we are trying to bridge that gap. And therefore, I, I but my, like I will tell you on a personal level, my, my textbooks have not really changed. We have kept our textbooks as is. Um, we are still doing the reading literacy program in our school, and there are many primary schools in my district that are, we are doing it, and you're seeing the, the, the um, results from using that program. What do you think is responsible for the drop in literacy rates? In, the, uh, uh, in addition to, of course, the pandemic that we just went through, because the literacy rates were dropping even before the pandemic. Yes, it was. And again, um, we are looking at generally what is happening in the primary schools. What is happening with our students? Now, we have, as you know, this, the child is educated with all the different institutions working together. So, therefore, the home has a very important role to play, as well as the school. So, if we don't get support from the home, then we have issues in the school. And we have also had situations where we have children, and um, we recognize it, but our hands are tied in terms of children who are, have different development issues. As a primary school teacher, you cannot determine that. So you need to get support from student support services. That is totally understaffed. We all know that student support services um, is not able to, to deal with the amount of cases that we are seeing developing in our primary schools. So special, the special education unit, that's something that you all can look at speaking to someone there. How many persons are really in the special education unit to assist the primary school teachers. So you have a situation that you have, let's say, 25 to 30 students in a classroom. And about five of those students have um, individual needs in the sense of reading. They cannot um, sound out the letters and they are not able to pronounce the words. Of course, that is the first step. And then, of course, when you get the words, now you are able to read fluently the sentence. But when we have issues, we need support. And the support really is coming from the Student Support Services Special Education Unit. But again, they are grossly understaffed. So we are seeing that happening. We are seeing that um, also, and I'm saying it openly, we have um, children coming from homes where if the parents are not able to assist them, the teachers are trying their best at school. But remember, I'm telling you, we have very large classes. We are trying our best at school, but you need that support at home. So if the teachers give a certain exercise to do at home, if the parent is not able to assist, I'm not blaming it all on the parents, but I'm saying to you, it has to be a partnership between home and school. And we have seen the literacy rate drop. That's one of the reasons why they would have looked at the thematic approach to find ways of integrating literacy in all the subject areas. 
Is it working? Um, it, it should have been working if we implemented the, the PCR properly in primary school. I want to move to the issue of learning loss during the pandemic and the ministry had initiated a program in the past July, August for standard five students who wrote essay and scored below a certain benchmark, 9,000 of them, only 27,000 picked it up, who are, who are moving to Form 1. Mm-hmm. However, any common sense person would tell you that the learning loss didn't only occur in standard five moving to form one it would have occurred in all forms am i correct it would have occurred in all levels yeah mm-hmm. yeah do you think has anything been done or has any information been given to you from the education ministry related to what is the plan to remediate the, the, the learning loss in those other at those other levels um no we have not really gotten any sort of feedback in terms of that However, I know yesterday we would have gotten the links for the national diagnostic testing that they would like to be done in all primary schools. In terms of um, that program in July, August, it's more concentrated on the secondary form. Once teachers, they would have gotten more information because at the primary level, we had no idea what was taking place other than the fact that we had to recommend. But as you saw, and again, I will go back to what I was saying, the, the link between home and school. Um, yes, the ministry created this program, but there were many people who didn't pick it up. And there were for many reasons as well, because some of the locations were pretty far and parents couldn't afford. There was no transportation providers. So there were some people who didn't attend because of that. And some parents as well, they were in denial. They are saying, not, not my child. My child passed. They don't, they don't see it as your child only was um, admitted into a secondary school because exactly what you spoke there about. Because, and now there is another limit that we have to look at, age limit. A lot of children would have gone over to secondary school, and that's what they were targeting in this program, because of their age. If they were a certain age, if they were 14 years, they could not stay in the primary school, so they had to move on. So in terms of remediation, and I, I like how you talked about different levels. We see it coming up from infants, from infants standard one, and you refer, and you refer the students because, again, we're supposed to have a special education unit. So you're seeing the child is, is um, not able to grasp certain concepts, and you refer the child to student support services. That support was never there. We have the support of social, and we still have it a little on staff, but social work and guidance. But in terms of special education, because if exactly what you say, there, if we are able to remediate at the lower levels, then when the children reach four or five, they are able to handle, handle the workload. Because there are many children who tell you it's too much work. Have you looked I, I at can, the I can reach in through the microphone and hug you, but I won't because that may be inappropriate. But you're the first person I've talked to who gets a sense of the whole gamut of the issues facing. So when people tell me it's a partnership between family and school, you're the first person who understands that not all families are the same and not all families have the same resources. So saying send a child to summer remediation school is not as easy for everybody as it is for some people. And that's why it was such a failure. Exactly. Exactly. But, and, and then they, they dump everything on student support services 
which is basic which has basically turned into an emotional behavioral intervention center as opposed to an academic intervention center am i incorrect sorry sorry about that i'm at school i, I must apologize the, some i'm um, digital is now here to fix our internet sorry <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway uh so what's the way so you, you uh have not been told about what the remediation for the other forms are uh, but no, you've been, been given a link to a diagnostic test. What is that diagnostic test supposed to tell you? And that national diagnostic test will tell us the, the levels our students are at. And it's for a second year to standard five. Like I said, we got the link yesterday. It was developed by the ministry's curriculum division. We got it yesterday and we will have to issue it to our teachers and they will now do it with their students in front of them and see what level reading levels they are at. How it, it right. Goes so when you get that information, report. have you gotten, are you going to get more resources to deal with whatever that assessment, which is, because it's going to tell you there's been learning loss at those levels also. We know that. That's a given. Yes, it's going to. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, are there advisories, recommendations on how to proceed when you get those results? No, 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 no. We don't get, like last year we had it as well. Um, basically what happens is you do a school report. And, well, they understand where your school is at, and that's it. And then they, they, they allow you to do a school development plan, an action plan. And, of course, you have no resources, no funding, and you have to... Uh, and it's not standardized across the primary school system. No, no, no. So different and schools we, are doing different intervention modalities. Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense, but that's what we have had to operate with. We have tried our very best. But, like I said, I, I know, I know, and I, I speak to teachers all the time, and there yeah. doesn't seem to be any leadership in the system, real leadership to deal with the issues. Exactly. That's okay. what you're going mm -hmm. uh, We would like to thank you for being with us this morning. No problem. And I wish you thank all you. the best. All right. Okay. I have a great day as well. Take care. Same to Bye -bye. you. Bye. Right. Recording Thank you. He is the president of the Primary Schools Principals Association. Now, what she's echoing is what I've been saying all the time. These presumptions people make about families being homogenous or all families being the same and all families having the same resources and all families uh, supervising the children the same and all families can have the parents have the same education level to guide their children. It's a stupid concept because it's not so in reality. No. When you, when you say... We put, and, I, I, and I applaud the ministry for putting the remedial systems in place for standards. I'm going to form one. But what about the other levels? Mm -hmm. They suffered learning loss too. And because the system failed, they're going to say, well, we offer it and they didn't take it up. But they didn't take it up as they, they put the president of the association said, for so many different reasons. So you, you have according to the records, which I still question, 9,000 scoring under the benchmark and only 2,700 picking it up. So, okay, so that didn't work as well as you intended. What is the next step? But you can't leave it so. I don't know. No, there has to be some laser focus on... Of on course. Dealing, ...on dealing with the issue. The problem is still there. And not only at that level that they intervened at, at the other levels also. Yeah, it doesn't magically go away. No, because what you have is... Um, infants going to standard one, suffering learning loss, standard one going to standard two, suffering learning loss, standard two going to standard three, student, suffering learning loss, standard three going to standard four, suffering learning loss, standard four going to standard five, suffering, and no intervention for them. 
So, you, so they have the diagnostic test link, the administrative test, and they realize there's learning loss in different areas at different levels. What is the intervention me measure and where are the resources for the schools to deal with it? Because they're already overburdened under normal circumstances. Or it is just going to magically solve itself. And I didn't get to secondary school yet, eh? And tertiary. But it's all going to, by osmosis, magically solve itself. Meanwhile, the students are the ones suffering. They feel like failures, and the gangs waiting with open arms. Where are you going start by this morning? Eh? <sighs> and the only standardized intervention institution by law is the education system okay because families are not standardized and their resources are not standardized churches and religious organizations are not standardized community groups are not standardized the education system is the only legally binding standardized intervention for progress of human resource in terms of students that is where we need to pour the intervention to yep. get the students up to scratch. That is the only legal institution that you have to go from five years to 14 years. Yep. That is the opportunity you have. And if we don't realize that, we we in real crappers in this country. That is where you need to provide the, 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 the leg up for families and parents who do have the resources, who do have the background, who do have the training, who have their own emotional behavioral problems, who have conflict in the homes who don't have nutrition, who don't have money to go to school, who don't have money to buy school uniform. The education system is the system that needs to intervene and provide the resources. The otherwise, you've got to provide it in national security and social yeah. services. You're very right. If you don't tackle it there, that's where Of course. Not that's not novel is not innovative. I'm not being a bright person by saying that. If you're failing the education system, you have to put more money in national security and social services because they don't become independent contributors to society. They become people who are waiting in the ministry to get your handouts. Take some calls. Yeah, well, we got to run for a quick break, gentlemen. Uh, be right back. Do you need to get work done on your vehicle? Look no further than the Auto Champions. Champlay Auto Services. From vehicle inspection to shutdown service, they do it all. Champlay Auto Services. Great mechanics and technicians. Exceptional customer service with accessories galore. Champlay Auto Services is your one-stop shop. They are your auto champions. You name it, they can fix it. Champlay Auto Services. Eastern Main Road, opposite Carib. Call 662-6545. And like us on Facebook. Champlay Auto Services. We do it all. The Diamond Jubilee Calypso Monarch. Our 60th Independence Celebrations continue with the Diamond Jubilee Calypso Monarch Competition. Come out and see TNT's Calypso Heavyweights vie for the grand prize of $200,000. Look out for the semifinals on September 17th at Naparima Bowl San Fernando. And the finals on September 25th at the Grandstand Queen's Park Savannah. Who will take the crown of the Diamond Jubilee Calypso Monarch? For more info, contact the Tuco head office at 623-9660 or follow us at Forging Forward TT on Facebook and Instagram. The Diamond Jubilee Calypso Monarch. Aye, aye. 
from I don't know. She wears and go long. The place like a dojo. every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.